0: A reading from the book of Isaiah. Oh, that Thou wouldst rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at Thy presence, as when fire kindles brushwood, and the fire causes water to boil, to make Thy name known to Thy adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at Thy presence. When Thou didst terrible things that we looked not for, Thou camest down, the mountains quaked at Thy presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides Thee, who works for those who wait for Him. Thou meetest Him that joyfully works righteousness, those that remember Thee in Thy ways. Behold, Thou wast angry, and we sinned, and in our sins have been a long time. And shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one that calls upon thy name that bestirs himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us and hast delivered us into the hand of our iniquities. Yet, O Lord, Thou art our Father. We are the clay, and Thou art our potter. We are all the work of Thy hand. Be not exceedingly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, consider, we are all Thy people. The Word of the Lord.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may have noticed that the economy of God is completely opposite for our own strategies for life management. For instance... We spend loads of money and effort and stress to ease our lives and to create a sense of peace and rest and security by avoiding suffering at all costs. But in the economy of God, a true life comes through death and peace often comes through suffering. Or, another example, uh, left to our own secular sensibilities, the first shall always be first. And everyone else is vying for that top spot. Uh, but in the economy of God, the first shall be last. And it is the last, that is, it is the humble, the poor, the one who refrains from exalting himself, uh, who shall In fact, be first. The economy of God is upside down from the way that we often do things or think of things. And there are lots of ways that this is true. But I noticed another one in preparing for this sermon. New Year's. In a month or so, we will ring in the New Year 2012 with celebration and confetti And kissing, if you're lucky, and well wishing, but God's economy for New Year's is different. Today is the first Sunday in Advent. It's the church's New Year, and rather than celebration, we begin with Isaiah's passage, telling us of mountains quaking at the presence of the Lord. Fires burning, people in utter desperation, awaiting judgment, and crying out for mercy. Happy New Year! (laughs) We begin the church year in the season of Advent, and once again, the year-long story of God's amazing grace. With Isaiah's devastating brutally honest diagnosis of the human condition before Almighty God. And it makes sense. For as we often articulate in this pulpit, you cannot appreciate the wonder and the glory of the good news if you don't first understand the breadth and the depth of the bad news. I wonder if you have ever been in a situation in which every aspect of that situation just felt incredibly frustrating, even angering, until by some sort of accidental chance you came to find out and realize that actually the whole thing was your fault. Some little thing that you had done and created this thing that was so frustrating. And that that anger and that frustration Uh, immediately turns to a a sort of suffocating, a sickening sense of embarrassment. These are the kinds of life situations that lead to nighttime dreams of showing up to uh, social events in your underwear where you think, why are all these people laughing at me and staring at me? Oh, that's just great. I've heard those are terrible dreams. I I don't know. But what seems like an irritating problem around you is shown suddenly to be your problem. And in your exposure, you feel helpless. Well, speaking on behalf of the oppressed, demoralized people of Israel after they have lost their wealth, and their prestige, and their land, and even their identity as the chosen people of God. Isaiah expresses their frustration and their anger that God has let the situation get so desperate without having done something about it. Lord, if you had just shown up, you could have defeated our enemies, then we we would have something to hang our hat on. I mean, we are a laughingstock among the nations. God, You are a laughingstock. I mean, what kind of God lets His people get into a mess like this? Have you ever felt like that? I know you have. Because I have as well. With my kids, in my marriage, in my job... With my finances, with my family, with the holidays, at at one point or another in my life, in all those arenas, Lord, what are you doing? Where are you, Lord? Why have you let all these things around me get like this? It is really irritating. It is really inconvenient. And I could just, I could praise you if my life were better. I could praise you if this issue was resolved. I could praise you if you would just do what I want. Speaking from the perspective of the people, Isaiah calls out, Lord, why haven't you come down and taken care of business? You know, God, you could... You can really market yourself better to all these other sinful nations if you would just do something. But there's a light bulb in this passage. An aha turning point. Not just for the people of Israel, but for all of us. And it comes in verse 5. And it is the realization that it's not just the sin around me that's the problem the first and foremost problem that I have is the sin that is in me Isaiah acknowledges thou meetest him that joyfully works righteousness those that remember thee in thy ways I mean everybody knows that right but wait a second who is that who is that I mean, I'm looking around me and I have to wonder if anyone really qualifies as joyfully working righteousness. And wait a second. What about me? Happy New Year. The anger and the frustration from the situation around us immediately turns to that suffocating, sickening sense of embarrassment and despair. As Isaiah laments, Behold, thou wast angry and we sinned. In our sins we have been a long time. And shall we be saved? Isaiah has painted the people into a corner. Because no longer can they point the finger at the circumstances around them, unfortunate and difficult as those circumstances may be. They must acknowledge that it is not God who has withheld covenant faithfulness. It's not God who has been far off. No, the problem lies in their own hearts, in our own hearts. And shall we be saved? Isaiah goes on, we have all become like one who is unclean and even our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf. And our iniquities, not our adversaries out there, but our iniquities, our own self-serving inclinations, like the wind, they take us away. And there is no one that calls upon Thy name. And we stand exposed, vulnerable, and unholy, Before a holy God, justice would mean our death. And so, as we begin this Advent, this new church year, the question before us is not, "Why isn't God making my life easier?" Rather, the question is what is God's answer? To a people, indeed, to each member of the entire human race, what is God's answer? to those who stand unholy before him? To those who stand deserving His just wrath, indignation and judgment? What is, is, what is His answer? to us? As silent as snow, God's answer came into the world, born in a feeding trough to a poor young virgin and her faithful husband. With no fanfare beyond the praises of meager shepherds, God Himself descended from His throne room and in Abject humility was born a human child. And yet, the significance of Christmas, which we anticipate in this Advent season, the gracious answer to the question before us lies not in the sweetness of the baby in the manger but in the death that that baby would one day face, the God-man upon the cross, receiving upon Himself His own justice that we deserved, so that we instead might receive mercy. And He rose again on Easter morning. He stepped out of the tomb. He put death to death and offering eternal life to all who had put their faith in Him. He rose to the right hand of God and He will come again. The economy of God is not like our own. For His answer to our indignant attempts to usurp His rightful claim upon us came not in a display of power, but in a life and a death of humility. And His answer to our question comes as a question in return. Will we receive the grace and forgiveness that He offers us in His Son? Happy New Year. Amen.